Welcome back to Bible Love. We are diving into Amos, and if you know that book, you know what we might get into today. And so to lead us off, this is the prayer for social justice from the Book of Common Prayer. Let us pray. Grant, O God, that your holy and life-giving Spirit may so move every human heart that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatreds cease that our divisions being healed, we may live in justice and peace through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, listeners, I have been tr- actually been excited about this day for a while, and I've actually been trying to make it happen for a while, but it took the Reverend Gavin Tomlin to make it happen and not me. <laughs> um, but I'm tell so truth, you tell the truth. <laughs> I'm so excited that my very dear friend and colleague, um, the Reverend Mitchell Felton, is with us. Um, If you don't know, Mitchell is from Greenwood, South Carolina, where I am serving as the rector, and he um, felt the call to the priesthood at this church, and we had the pleasure of lifting him up and um, being a part of his life and sent him off to seminary where he has been so successful and now um, ordained a deacon and then in December ordained a priest. Um, That was a wonderful, wonderful moment. And right now he is serving as the director of youth ministries at St. Columbus in Washington, D.C. And Mitchell, I just think you're one of the best people I've ever met in my whole life. And I'm so glad you're here. And I'm especially glad you're here to talk about Amos because it has some parts of it that are really important to you and your ministry and what you do. Um, and, and it should be a poor, important to all of our ministries, but, but particularly for you, I think that's fair to say. And, um, so we're just so glad you're here and we're excited to talk about it and tell us what you think about this small book of the Bible. It's not a big book of the Bible. Um, Amos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, first, thank you for having me on. Delighted and excited to be with you all. Um, okay. So. Amos uh, is my favorite prophet. Uh, just a little background about Amos is that Amos was born in the southern kingdom of Israel, uh, but yet most of his prophetic witness was in the northern kingdom. Interesting. Um, one of my one of my favorite things about Amos is um, is his humility. So there's a part in Amos where he says that. Uh, I am not a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but a herder of sheep and a dresser of sycamore trees. Um, and um, so his humility really sticks out to me. There's also this element with Amos being a prophet um, and a shepherd was that Amos um, might have actually had a little bit of wealth and privilege himself. So you have this idea of what it might look like uh, for me, as I think about my own social location in the world, about what privileges I do have, and yet what I also think God is calling me to speak out against and are for. And so, um, so yeah, so that's also just a little bit um, 
of thoughts when I think about Amos and that. Um, Can I ask a question? Yeah. Uh, so I think it, there's a couple of things that were interesting to me in that first being born in a region that you actually did not go back to, but you felt called to a different place or whatever the circumstances were, which is kind of interesting as far as what you're doing right now, because you yeah. have special permission to go to the Diocese of Washington for two years instead of coming back to Upper South Carolina. So that yeah. just connected in my head. Um, right there. But then also, why tell me, I mean, you are a very humble person, so I could see this, but tell me more about like what draws you to that humbleness. Like, is that what we as people need to do more? Do you think we talk about that just a little bit? Yeah. I think what draws me to, um, the humbleness, I mean, getting to another book, uh, is, I mean, the Philippians Christ in, right. Um, um, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, that though he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave and being found in the form of a slave. He humbled himself. Um, and, um, and thinking about the things that God has given me and gifts and resources and offering that back to God, not for my own gain, but for the glory of God. I think about that a lot. Mm. What do I have? What has God gifted me? Um, What has my identity in the world been able to allow me to do and to be that I could take those things, that I can name those things and then take them as an offering to God um, for God's glory and for uh, the help of other people, I think is really I love that. And the world would be a better place if everybody um, thought the way that Mitchell Felton thinks. Oh, so, my Lord. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. Like, that's that's one of the reasons I adore you. But I think that we all should think that way. Like, what are the gifts that God has given us and mm-hmm. how do we glorify God with those gifts? You yeah. know? Yeah. And this is a great example of that, don't you think? Yo, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, yes. Um yeah, I think Amos is, I think that that's kind of what Amos is getting at in his prophetic, in his prophetic witness. So. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay. Those were my questions. Keep going. Yeah. Tell us what else Great. you got. Cool, 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 cool. All right. So let's see here. Uh, so Amos prophesied during a time when wealth was increasing for some and not for others. And at a time where the poor were being neglected. Uh, and that because of this, um, because of this neglection, uh, that Israel could expect divine judgment. Um, let's see here. And so um, I think Gavin talked about this at some point with you, Alan, on one of either in his podcast or um, when you guys do the what do Christians think about? He talked about justice and righteousness. And so there's a quote um, that says, Amos never speaks of righteousness without noting justice in connection with it. I've been thinking about that a lot, that that uh, I think um, Reverend Gavin Tomlin talked about how the word for righteousness in the Bible also can be translated to justice mm. uh, and how that those are always kind of connected. Am I remembering that? Yeah, I think so. That was one of our videos. I can see if I can pull that up. You know, Gavin and I have become content creators. That's ministry in the, the 21st century. That's crazy. But 
but what it makes me think of, I can't remember what Gavin said, right? Righteousness, we think I have to be holy. I have to, you know, not sin. I have to, you know, follow the Ten Commandments. Like we think of it as a personal righteousness. But I think what what that quote you have getting at, what maybe Amos is getting at, is like our individual righteousness righteousness doesn't exist as long as there's injustice in the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Like how can we be righteous while we allow injustice to exist? Yes. It doesn't matter if I don't curse, if I don't do whatever, if uh, my brother and sister and sibling is suffering under the yoke of oppression. Yes. Perfect segue. We have a plant in the audience. Nice. <laughs> so uh, I would love, can we read uh, Anus 5? Can we do that? Yeah. Okay, great. So, um, so this comes from the fifth chapter of Amos. Uh, verses 20 through 24, uh, and I'm reading from the NRSV. Uh, Let's do 21 through 24. So uh, Amos taking the voice of the Lord here. I hate, I despise your festivals, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies, even though you offer me your burnt offerings of grain and offerings, I will not accept them. And the offerings of your well-being and your fatted animals I will not look upon. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melody of your harps, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Right, that all of these that Amos is to me really getting at, all of the aesthetics and the trappings of worship, um, all of the vestry meetings, all of the committees, like none of that matters, right? Um, um, if your neighbor is not being taken care of. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So beautifully said. It's it's interesting um, you bring that up. Like in our vestry meeting the other day, or retreat the other day, I was like, I feel like sometimes the people at Church of the Resurrection think I like just don't care. But really, I I do, but I care about the people more than I care about the rules and the regulations. <laughs> that makes sense. Like, I care about what the people's needs are. So if somebody needs to put a rock on the columbarium to remember their father that died, and that's what they need, even though the columbarium rules say no extra things, you know, or whatever, like, I'm not going to argue that because that's what that person needs in that moment. Right. Um, And, and I think that we can get caught up and and I'm not saying rules are not important. They are, there's, we're, we're part of a system and we accept that and we know that. But I think that when there are others that are hurting and are alone or are facing injustice or whatever the reality of life might be for them in that moment, when we get so stuck in what, and I think that's what Amos is saying, so stuck in that moment yeah. that we can open our hearts to just be with them. We got a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I kind of use this phrase and this um, often comes up um, when it was around um, the uh, 2020 uh, uprisings and riots. And I read so much of the Exodus story and thinking about um, what I think that, like, when I think about God's justice um, in the Exodus story, is that what was happening was I, the way I translate it is that, like, God was really riding against Pharaoh's property, mm-hmm. right? God was really destroying property. And I think what 
what uh, the Exodus story and what Amos and the other prophets and what I was experiencing in 2020 was that we were trying to say people over property. Like that's like, it always comes down to the people of God uh, at all times. So so Mitchell, I didn't prepare you for this. So if you don't want to answer it, it's okay. But one thing I was thinking is, you know, you see a lot of yourself in Amos. Maybe you wouldn't say that, but I see a lot of you in, in Amos. So, and you said, like, what privileges can I use to glorify God? As a new priest, do you mind me asking, like, what are the things that you see and the privileges and the gifts and talents that God has given you that you want to use in your ministry, which you may not have that figured out completely yet because it's all part of timing. I've been a priest nine years and I'm not sure I have it figured out yet. I don't yes. think I have it figured out. Um, but is there parts of that that you feel called to that in your ministry as you move forward? And are you willing to share some of that? Yes. Um, I, I mean, I think um, it's it's funny you mentioned seeing uh, Amos's kind of uh, geographical movement from the South to the North and seeing that myself. I, I think so much of, um, of my identity and being black uh, as, uh, as a gift and an offering to the community that I'm a part of here at St. Columbus. Um, I think I'm the third black clergy to work here at St. Columbus and um, particularly around preaching and having um, um, uh, a style that is much different um, and seeing that as a gift and offering. Um, And I think as I am 29 turning 30 soon, I think uh, also being young um, and being a, um, I want to know if it's a translator, but working with kids, being able to hear what they are saying and then being able to communicate that to the larger congregation. I think that that is also a gift that I can, um, that I can use, um, for the glory of God. So that's, those are the two that come. That's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. So needed. So, so, so needed in the world. We need more black clergy who use their voices um, the way that you do um, and the way that you share. And we need more people that listen to our youth's voices and try to connect that with the 80-year-olds that are sitting in the pews that need to hear it because they have something really important to say. And we don't do that enough. So that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So Amos, that particular chapter five that we were just talking about, Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Um, there's also some beautiful poetic language in there as well. I heard Rolling Hills, I think. I heard, or did I not? Oh, yes. Uh, let justice roll down like waters. Yes. So I love that justice and the nature coming together in that poetic. Is that, have you felt that before? Or, yeah, yeah, I think um I think on a larger so taking that and thinking about it a little bit larger with Amos is so much of his prophetic visions and images uh that come to mind. So like starting with the book uh Amos says um the Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem. 
Uh, and so this image of God roaring as a lion. Um, and like, if you've ever like thinking about that time period, uh, as people are hunting, uh, people are hunters and gatherers, right. And you hear the roar of a lion, like you're going to freak out. Like, I mean, you know, you're going to look for safety and like, that's what God, uh, is roaring, uh, for justice for as like a lion roaring, um, I think is really, really powerful and beautiful to me. And then, um, I love Amos's prophetic visions where he first says that the Lord is going to send locusts upon the people as judgment. And he like relents and says, God, no, like, please don't. Right. And then the next image is the Lord sending a fire, like a fire that would consume the Mediterranean Sea. And Amos is like, God, please don't. And then the next image that you get uh, on how God is going to judge um, is a plumb line which is an instrument to make sure that something is upright and straight. So like to understand that God has a standard and that God is going to judge them off of a summer fruit basket. Right. Like that, like um, thinking about like how in the ways that we judge a fruit based upon if it's ripe or not to eat, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I mean, (laughs) like to me, like that's like the mercy of our God. Like right. he's going to locusts. He's not going to merciful. Like he's just going to judge us off of a plumb line and a summer fruit basket. Like I mean, that makes me want to run around. <laughs> I mean, That's a great like, point, and I love that. Makes you want to run around. Like I mean, at last, just, we like, need more of that, right? You know, I mean, yeah. So, so yes, I think um, I think Amos does also. I I really love a lot of the imagery. Uh, yeah. Does and I think that that's one thing I. I so Paul Abernathy, best preacher in our church. Yeah, I said it hands down. <laughs> um, I, I think what what Paul does so well, and what a lot of preachers I admire do really well, is being able to to talk about something really difficult, and yet like either use uh, elements of humor or use elements of uh, imagery that don't really soften what's happening, but also, I don't know. There's just like a really good mix that happens. And I think that Amos does that. Does that yeah. really And I think that's important. I have to tell you all a great story about Mitchell. So the day Mitchell was ordained, Paul Abernathy preaches at, at his ordination. And we are in the um, reception. And everybody's just like so excited for Mitchell and wanting to love on him. And Mitchell keeps going, let's talk about that sermon. Let's talk about that sermon. And I was like, Mitchell. and you could not stop focusing on that sermon and i love that the humility of mitchell and who mitchell is you know but we were all like so happy but you're right like i think we need those that imagery that humor whatever that may be and paul does that well and lots of people do that well because these are hard topics you know and we don't want people to run out the door when we start bringing up the hard topics but They are so in the Bible. They are so what God is putting forward to us. And so we have to find that right way to present them that people can hear it instead of just getting angry or shutting down or, and it's difficult. I'm not great at that. I, I, I'm not, it's hard. Um, but I, I, I think it's really important. And I love, I'm going to steal that from you sometime about the roaring 
lion. Like think about that imagery, you know, that what an imagery that is and how injustice is so, injustice being just being just is so important to God. Mm-hmm. Attaining it to a, 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 you know, a lion roaring, you know? Um, but then again, our judgment is based on a piece of fruit, right? A- and how merciful God is, you know? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and let's see, anything, is there anything else? Anything else I should? No, I think you, I mean, you got it. I mean, you, you really um, brought Amos alive for me. I think, why did, I guess one question I have is, and maybe um, both of y'all could answer this. I don't know this. It doesn't feel like it's in the lectionary that much, but it feels like he's such an important prophet. Like, why do you think we don't hear more from about Amos? Yeah. So my, it's funny. The, the only two times I remember Amos being in the pro, uh, being in the lectionary, uh, I think it's year. Oh man, it might be this summer and next summer. And it's only the plumb line readings. I feel like uh, it's what comes up. That's uh, a sh- yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah, Alan, do you know or have you? I'm looking it up. Yeah. Um, it's I'm curious, have y'all ever preached on, on Amos or I don't remember ever preaching. I think okay. I have. Yeah. Looking at the lectionary, Amos five, six, seven, and eight come up. So only the end portion and it's, yeah, I mean, it's proper 10, uh, proper 11, proper 20 something. So it's just a handful of times. Yeah. Over the course of three years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I, I, you know, I don't know. We are not in the heads of the people that wrote, put the lectionary together, so we don't know. Um, but you know, I do think sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, this is the hardest thing in the world. How do we preach about this? And sometimes we don't get some of the harder things that we should be preaching about, you know, and in that. But I, th- I feel like it would be like a great Bible study or something like that, you know, because it's just not something we get to hear a ton, you know, if you're just going to church every Sunday. Yeah. I, I rem- I'm remembering um, listening to working preacher. Mm-hmm. And one time when Amos was coming up in the lectionary, one of the um, podcasters said, you know, this is a really good time. If you just want to take all of Amos and just preach on all of it, you know, for the 12, 15 minutes that we have, uh, as preachers, um, like it's a good, a good exercise to get people yeah. full story. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he, d- he does feel so important, especially in the issues of justice, which, yeah. um, is one of the tenets of the Episcopal church is a place that we, we really want to do more work and we need to do more work in. Like if you go to the Episcopal church website, you'll see, um, different things that are important to us, you know, and becoming beloved community and justice is, is, is right up there in the big parts of the tabs. So um, I'd, I'd, it'd be interesting to go and look and see if Amos is quoted in any of that. Um, you know, I'll, I'll have to go look it up. And sometimes I also look up, um, I was telling the youth group this last night. Um, it's amazing how many songs from like current musicians and artists that use books of the Bible and scripture. I was telling them about Jay-Z. Didn't we figure it out like Psalm 
26 or 28, one of them, I'll have to look at, like it, it is Jay-Z's pulling from that, you know, to write whatever song it was. And they were talking about this artist, Jelly Roll last night, who I didn't know who Jelly Roll is, but y'all probably do. But now I do. Um, and, um, to the club. <laughs> they were trying to, what they were trying to do was like find a modern day Paul, hmm. right. Trying to like connect oh, okay. with somebody that who they would know would be not Paul Abernathy, Paul, the apostle Paul, um, yes. to connect that, you know, because for them, it's hard for them to think about who Paul might've been. Right. But they can put their minds more around you know, music they listen to and, and all that kind of stuff. So I want to, I want to challenge myself and I, hopefully I'll come back with the answer of is Amos in any um, music or poetry that we might know. So I can take it to my youth group because this is somebody they need to know about, right? This is, who cares? Um, I know uh, Sandra McCracken. Uh Huh? believe she uses but let justice roll down like waters okay awesome all right mama try to find it maybe we can put it in the show notes That'd be yeah. Cool. yeah 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 so. yeah mitchell thank you so much for sharing uh the time is it goes so fast we literally have 10 seconds left um i am so grateful thank you for your ministry your voice the person you are the work that you do we're cheering you on and here to do it whenever we can um, with you. And will you come back sometime? Yes, please. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Yep. Well, listeners, as always, remember that we love you, but most importantly, God does. <laughs>